0: podrzuć
1: komentarza
0: to to
2: J-Cast. And of course, in the Philippines... Good morning to everyone. It's 10.30 a.m. My God, it's a Monday morning in the Philippines. And JCAS. Yes, welcome to Hangover
1: Sunday. I know. Good morning us all. the hat. Number no Filipinos and non Filipinos in different time zones, in different dimensions, in different continents, in different galaxies,
2: in this whole wide universe. 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 We are so hyper and excited tonight, guys, because. Okay, we're not going to speak in Eng- Tagalog this time. We have to speak English because our special guest is, wow, one of the most, Soft J-Cast. after. Soft after what? Motivational. Author and, be- and best-selling seller, motivational, motivational speaker. speaker. And can you believe, J.C.A.S.? Guys, I don't know if you've seen him. He was, um he guested multiple times at Steve Harvey's. Yeah. Right? Steve Harvey's interviewed him so many times. So, Guys, please tune in because I'm sure you will learn a lot of things from this beautiful, beautiful, looking guy.
1: He's also a cute guy. Yes. I, I, I,
2: I, he is so I'm cute. I'm sorry. Oh. But, yeah,
1: no, yes, I'm lurking in his Instagram. Thank I you. know, right? When he's jogging and he's giving his inspirational quotes.
2: What not? Exactly. So I'm sure everyone is so excited. And whoever is like, um, probably, well, it's only 9.35 p.m., so... Probably you're having dinner, late dinner, wherever you are in the U.S., all over the world, and anywhere in the world. Please tune in because make sure, I'm sure, 100% sure that you will learn a lot of things. Let's pick his brain, guys, because... Marami po kayong matututunan mm-hmm. sa special guest for tonight. So anyways, I would like to of course introduce our special guest Naha. I'm sure everyone are excited. Okay, our guest for tonight is a sought after by companies all over the world. His messages encourage and touch thousands of lives to find their own inner greatness. He is the president and CEO of Wimby Training Systems. As an inspirational speaker, motivator, and sales training professional. His best selling book, From the Hood to Doing Good, is a full motivational nuggets on how he went from being a street drug dealer to a successful salesman, innovator, and international speaker. Let's get to know him better and pick his brains, how he climbed the ladder and secret to success. Guys, Please welcome, international speaker, TV personality, author, and life coach, Mister Johnny, Johnny Wimbury.
3: Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible introduction! Thank you oh, for that. Build it.
2: Oh my God! Who will not? My God! We were just so excited because we were talking about you the whole day. We were like. Jesse, I mean, are you sure? You say nice? I'm like, trust me. He's ah, so
3: cool.
0: I'm Is over he...
2: here like
3: this during the introduction, like, oh
2: they wild, let me go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hi, right, okay, right. we're Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I was okay. ready for the press off. No. Oh my god. Would you like to say hi to everyone who's watching? The Filipinos yeah. and the non-Filipinos. Absolutely yes. from
3: around the world. Yay. I do a lot of business with uh with the uh, Filipino uh, my brothers and sisters from around the world, actually. Actually, it's one of the act- it's one of the the nationalities that I run into, no matter where I go in the world, is Filipino. Really? Yep, anyone world. Been, in Malta. Never? Have you ever been to Malta? It's a small island off no. the
1: coast, I, I, the coast I know of Italy. Malta is beautiful, but it's but a you-
3: beautiful. It's like a big rock. There's yes? a Filipino community in Malta that came to see me speak.
2: Oh, no wow, way. Man. Yeah. Really? Yep. Like mm-hmm. how many persons? Like how many people? Can you barely count them? Or you've seen like? Uh,
3: no, it was it was a handful because uh, I just remember asking. I was like, I didn't know they had you know you guys had a Filipino um, community here, and he's it like, it's huge, and I'm like, I've been here many times. How come you guys haven't introduced me to them? It's just a oh big community, God. yeah. Um, of course, in Hawaii, um, in Singapore, um, I mean, literally all over the world. One of the one of the only. Nationalities that I can find anywhere I've ever been. We're like Even, cockroaches. In Even in Israel. In, in
2: Israel, too. I know. In in Israel. We're like cockroaches. We're all, all over the world. No. No. Don't say cockroach. I'm Ants? a big, beautiful,
1: big, beautiful brown butterfly. Okay. Okay.
2: So, Johnny, what's up? Well, how's everything? How's, uh, how's oh man, I know like this past you know, few days, right? You don't have any Yeah, electricity. How is Texas? How's Texas?
3: Life is good, life is good, you know, in, in Texas. And I live in Dallas, so we just went through, um, uh, man, we we, we went back to the hood pretty much. Uh, you know, we live in a multi million dollar community, and you know, homes were just shut off. It didn't matter what kind of house you lived in, people were looking for somewhere to go. Um, in my neighborhood, thank God, uh, the lights were off and on every 90 minutes. Um, but, and there are some people like where I'm from in the hood that never lost anything. Um, but for every 90 minutes for three or four days, maybe five days we're off and on. Um, but then we lost water. And that was a day that I was originally we were supposed to come on. Yes, yes, yes And I'm right. like, like once water was gone, like I'm the type of dude, like I'm a running water guy. I don't listen <laughs> I respect people who go camping. I don't go camping if, it's, if it requires spending the night. So I, I'm a water guy and I need running water. That's just who I am. Exactly. Damn, man, mm-hmm. when well, we lost yeah. running water, bro, I, I turned into like, hey, I'm glad oh, you yeah. gave me the wine because I, I need exactly. a therapy.
2: Exactly. Oh, yes. Oh, you know what? We have Hello. a protocol here. We have a protocol. Here. What is it? Tell me. We have to welcome you because we okay. have volunteers, okay? And then gotta... that we'll have a, a photo op. We have to take a picture and okay. it. we'll start talking. Wine. I have my...
1: Uh... Vodka pineapple. Yes. because I normally
3: have my red cup. I tell my wife bring me the clear glass so they can see I'm drinking Red wine. Exactly.
2: Yes. So I'll be honest with you, dude. Uh, le- uh Until now, we're, oh, still, hangover. we're still hangover because we had a party last night. It was Jacob's birthday. Hey, so every birthday. Now, uh, yes. So now we're like, you know the what? Fairy. I don't care. We have to do this because it's Johnny Bimby. Come on. Let's get it. <laughs> oh, All man. Right. We will welcome you. Okay, guys. All to right. everyone in the philippines and to whoever's watching right now around the world guys that's welcome the Napa guapo i have to say it you know what's guapo right guapo, guapo? guapo is handsome. it's handsome oh yeah, 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 yeah. thank oh, yeah. you thank you yes guapo and motivational speed international speaker mr johnny wimbrey welcome <laughs> to Give over a, a glass, glass of or two cheers. Cheers. Oh, yay
3: how do you I say cheers you. in the philippines
2: um cheers, cheers.
3: <laughs> everybody says that man it yeah, has gotta have to be a, a word a local word like
2: local to life word? i don't know like i don't, don't know. So. okay one more thing can we have a picture and then we can yes. we can sign the conversation okay one two three there you go <laughs> all yeah, right go. Hmm. let's start so wait what is that like you have a beautiful studio is that a studio yeah, love it. What is this richness, millionaire. The richness, millionaire. Behind you. Yes. Going There's on. a lot
3: of stuff going on back there. There's a lot of stuff. I I can do a walkthrough, but I'll take over your show if I do it.
2: Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> but that's a beautiful. That's your studio, right? That's your studio. Yes. yes wow. Yes, yes. But Johnny, like, tell us, because I was telling them, like, oh, uh, where, oh, where they thought, hmm. like, you live, you used to live in Jersey City. I, I mean, I'm sorry, in New Jersey or New York. But I told them that you you, you were born and raised in New York, right?
3: No, 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 no. Okay. I'm literally born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. I, oh, so, really in Texas? So, yeah. okay. so born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. There was a period of my life, uh, like right around three years old, where we were um, sent to San Jose, California um, for protection and a battered women's shelter. So my mother and her three boys, I'm the baby boy. We, uh, she, she tells a story that the government, uh, my, mo- my mom's white, my dad's black. So the government okay. was going to ship her wherever she wanted to go. Or protection for her three boys um and she had two choices she had new york i believe she's i believe she said either brooklyn or harlem and then the other choice was san jose california she sent us to San Jose. she wanted us to go to san jose because she knew she couldn't handle us in new york like we were already we were i
2: don't understand like uh i know like your 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 mom was a, a battered wife right yeah so yeah. your dad left you. So tell us how it started.
3: Well, I mean, it's not that my dad left us. It was okay. my mother feared for her life. And this is her story, and I'm not old enough to remember. But I just remember going being in a shelter in San Jose, and then we get to an apartment, no furniture. You know, um, where I'm about to start elementary school, so I started elementary uh, elementary kindergarten there, and then when I was in first grade, um, my mom brought us back to Fort Worth. And that's when I met my dad for the first time that I remember. And um, I just uh, she would go stay with her dad and me and my my brothers would stay with my dad. So we're meeting him for the first time. And we started realizing, you know, he really wasn't a bad father. He was a great father. He was just a horrible husband. And uh, (laughs) so my mom, like I finished the first grade there. She picked us up. You know, we're in the summer deal, you know, going back and forth. She picks up some one day and says, hey, we're going back to California. So. We're young. We're like, okay, cool. Back to Cali, right? Not knowing that my dad, you know, didn't do anything to deserve this. Like he's just ripped apart. And so we go back to San Jose, California. At that point, nothing was normal, man. We were nothing was normal. Um, I failed the second grade in California. My brother failed the fourth grade. My what? middle brother, he, he did well. Yeah, just oh I was raised around gangs and violence and drugs my entire life. But when, when I got back to my father. Um, it was after I failed the second grade that summer, my mother basically, um, could not support us. Um, so she said, I'm sending you to your father. And I remember just remembering, like she said, send, I've never heard that word before in my life come out of my mother's mouth. And that's how I would know that ultimately we would go back to my father and we're in San Jose, get on an airplane. It's when you walked up the stairs back in those days. And I jumped off the airplane. I ran down like, mom, please don't make me go. And she said, I'll be there in two weeks. I would not see my mother for three years. That was a did very you, hard time. for.
1: Me. Did you have that feeling that when she did say the word send and then it was about to happen, you're going to separate in the, in the airport that you're yeah. not going to see your mom for, the, for the, a long time? Even if I didn't know. I'm going to see you.
2: Oh, you didn't? Wow. Well, she, okay. she, she,
1: said, she said two weeks.
3: And I had no reason to believe that it wouldn't be two weeks. Like she didn't have the character of someone that, that said things to us that didn't happen. So <laughs> I, I, would, I mean, I did believe two weeks and, you know, life just happened, man. And I wouldn't see her for three years. Um, it's, not like the, it's not like she had the money to get back to us. So, um, you know, my father was a trash man, very hard worker. Um, uh, my, my father, if you want to imagine my dad, imagine Samuel L. Jackson in the movie Pulp Fiction.
2: Oh, shoot. oh that's no big, way. Like, that's a, okay. that's, yeah, that's
3: like get that character in your head when I tell my dad's story. All right? Like, get that guy in your head. Because that's what I was raised with. So my father, when we got back to him in the second grade, I realized, you know, he's a, he, he's a tough dude. He's very heavy-handed. Like, nobody's going to mess with him. No bullshit. Like, you just don't run up on my dad like that. I, 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 I have never, ever in my life been afraid if my father was in a room. Ever, and I'm from the hood. Like all, like I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. If my dad was there, I've never been afraid. Um, so I start, you know, we start living with my, my my father, and my mother comes back three years later. My oldest brother went to go live with my mom when she came back. He's serving forty years in prison right now. That's my oldest brother.
2: Wait, mean still in the p- in the prison? Yeah,
3: he's been a yeah, oh, wow. forty years. Okay, so. Um, my, my young my, my, my middle brother, who's 11 months older than I am, we stayed with my dad. We just knew that, you know, and I, we knew we needed a man in our life because we were just too, too wild. And, uh, so my father was that guy that, that, um, you know, <laughs> very, uh, outspoken, um, nobody messed with him. And that's just how I was raised. And that's what, you know, the first book I wrote was called From the Hood of Doing Good.
2: Yes, ex- actually, yes. And we want to talk about it later. Yeah.
3: Okay. So from, you know, ex-drug dealer to, you know, a million dollar success phenomenon. Like, I, you know, when I was a teenager, I had a felony arrest because I couldn't get a regular job. Made a lot of bad decisions in life. And, and part of my story is, you know, I just, I, I just made a decision. I'm not going to consult my past to determine my future. Where I come from has nothing to do with where I'm going. Yes. And once I made that decision, I started, you know, on this path of just climbing out of a hole um, and it was thrilling to me. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I, I sold drugs on the streets as a teenager at 15, 16 years old. So every 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 moment of my life was a risk. So I've never really been afraid to start a business. I'd like when you talk about entrepreneurship, um, I've never had a fear of starting a business. Um, and, and and I think about where does that come from? Because 90% of the reason that people don't su- succeed when it becomes an entrepreneur, when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur, because of fear. They're just afraid. Exactly. They don't.
2: Risk. You're right. You're right.
3: Well, every day of my life was a risk. So the hardest thing for an entrepreneur to do is something that I've already mastered. Like my life was at a risk every day. So I just brought that mindset into the business world. And it literally has as oh, we've done over a billion dollars in revenue.
2: But wait. How did you start it? Like you said, you mentioned earlier that uh, you started at a very young age being an entrepreneur. What were you? What was the first thing that you sold? Like when legal, you heard... yeah, legal, okay, legal and illegal. Okay, okay fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Le- the transition from the drugs to the real yeah you knew where I was going I was like you my illegal.
2: <laughs> illegal first illegal okay, no 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 okay what so, came first
3: so no when, when I was in middle when I was in elementary school I I would um I would pay for like now later and gum and I would break them down and, and take them back to school to sell them I've always been that kind of guy though. like I I had a lawnmower awesome. business yeah a lawnmower business uh when I was 12 13 years old during the summer um yeah all of that but then you know right around 14, 15 years old, uh, you know, cracks started coming into com- the community and fathers started disappearing. Um, and you know, I was introduced to that world and, you know, I participated with my own, you know, and I, it was my will. I, I, I participated, sold drugs, had people selling drugs for me, had a felony arrest, uh, when I was a teenager, and um well one of the, the moment that really changed everything for me was one of my homeboys were murdered. And um <clears throat> sadly, um it's not how my first friend murder.
2: How old were you during that time?
3: <clears throat> I was a junior in high school, so I'm a year behind. So I was 18. Wow. I just turned 18. It was the week I turned 18. As a matter of fact, it was uh uh first week of February 1993. That's how well I remember it. Um uh, a friend of mine was murdered. Um And I remember I knew the guy who killed him. So, um, and we all grew up together. But this was my homeboy that was murdered. And I knew the guy who killed him. So we were all going to retaliate. And, um, you know, the night of the wake, we were invited to be with the family. And I'm old enough to know we were set up uh, because they had counselors there and everything. And Mm -hmm. our homeboy's mother stood in front of the casket. And she said, I forgive the young man who killed my son. And when she said that, for some reason, I was listening. Like I was listening to what she said. And I had the most mature moment of my life, up into that second, is like I didn't love him like that. Like I didn't love him more than his mother. So if the mother had already found forgiveness and I'm going to seek revenge, I have a gun on me. Me and my boys, we're here to play respect and we're gonna go retaliate. we have guns on us and when she said that i'm like i felt like i would be disrespecting her if i went on to do something so that night i gave my gun to a preacher i gave my gun to a preacher. were you
1: kind of the leader of the group so that nah stand down we're not gonna do it anymore
3: i was nowhere near the leader of this group i i mean it's, it's almost like um i was one of the youngest ones um okay but I had a lot of influence. I had a lot of influence. Um, it, it didn't really. We didn't really. We didn't really have a leader. It was more so a clique, and we just knew who we were. Um, and all of my homeboys would end up go to prison. Like every one of them that I'm talking about, all of them went to prison for something so different.
2: What, so what happened that night? Like what, you gave the, your, you gave your the gun. Uh, Once I did computer, that.
3: Okay. It, it, I was like a buzz kill. Like once I did that, like it was the the buzz was over. Like nobody was gonna go against that. Mm-hmm. Like it was too. It was. It was there was um. It was too. It was too obvious. It's like the mother had found forgiveness. Like we really want to disrespect her like that? It was just it's too true. obvious. Yeah.
2: Wow! Like that was the moment that it was. A, there's a a click on your head that. Wait, it's
3: that a was a moment. Change. Yes. That was so, a moment for me. And, and, and from that moment on, I, I stepped away from that life and I was in high school.
2: So, what did you do? Like, because I, is it true, like, whenever we watch TV or movie, that, okay, I want to get out, I want to step out of this isn't life. That, that, isn't that right? hard?
1: Because your, right? your clique will not allow you to leave. Yeah. Right? And they will try to you you what? You.
3: I what? kill you. Like, I, I, was- I never, ever, ever was in a gang. And uh, some, some of my homeboys were, though. Like, they were gang-affiliated. But, like, I was with them last night. Literally, I was with oh, some of these guys last they're night. Not a,
1: they're not a gang gang. They're, they're yeah, so really, it's like... Uh, just, uh, yeah.
3: We okay. literally... Okay, so... <laughs> we just had a click that... That that <sighs> that um, that even gangs respected it. Because it's like, we had it before y'all started wiling out, you know, over a color. You know, we were this before. So... All of my boys, they, they dibbled and dabbled. I just didn't. I just I've never been the type of person. Maybe it's my father. I don't know. Like it would have to be called Wimbry for me to be in a gang. Like I can't I could never sell myself out to a name that's not mine. I just I I've always been like that, though. So I understand why people, you know, think they need gangs, but I could never have one. Unless it was named after me. I just can't. Oh,
2: you You
1: already have it. It's like, you already know your
3: future.
1: I'm the boss. I'm the name on the country.
3: Right. I'm the what? Now that I'm old (laughs) enough to understand, I even said this back in the day, I'm like, how am I going to represent a street that a white man built never knowing I would live on this street? When these streets were built, they didn't didn't have you in mind. Exactly. They didn't have me in mind. So why the hell would I claim this street when the street would never claim me?
2: I mean, I was just, I always thought too far out. Wait, so after that, so you decided to like, you know what? Let me just get away from this life. And, you know, let me start like doing business right away. After that, were you, you, what was you the know, first thing uh, that you did? Like you became successful did, right or, away. You, you know, know you no, no, no. Did you see I, um, from other people?
1: I I had some really cool
3: mentors in my life. Um, um, Pastor C W Gillespie is probably really one of the reasons. Um, the reason I say his whole name, um, is because I don't know if I would be alive without him. Like he let me come into his church, and and have roles in the church, and all, and people would quit coming to the church because of me. But he loved me so much that he didn't care. Like he would lead, lose leader after leader after leader because they were <gasps> tired of dealing with me. He told me this. Like he, he said it. And, and, what, what
2: was the reason why they don't want to? They don't want okay. to
3: you? So My personality type. I was kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like that kind of kid. Like exactly <laughs> so. <Abundantious>. Oh man. <laughs>
2: okay, so,
3: okay, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. Okay. Everything.
3: Everything would turn into a joke. So can you imagine me in church with no parents? Like my parents aren't there. My brother Willie wanted to go. So we started going to church. So we have no accountability. So they could have kicked me out and kept Willie or they could lose leaders and save my life. And they 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 lost leaders to save my life. He'll tell the story to this day. So I was that kid, that class clown. Um, I never, I've never disrespected adults. I've never been that kind. My dad would kill me if I disrespected an adult. So I've never disrespected adults. But I did things that disrespect myself in major ways. I put myself in situations that mm-hmm. no, no minor should ever be in. No minors even eyes should be able to even see the things that you're seeing right now. But I was that kid that could be in a lot of trouble and nobody would know. Like I was embarrassed, oh. like in school, like I would be embarrassed if they knew I sold drugs that hurt people because it was crack cocaine. It wasn't weed. Like it was a, it was like a real yeah. it was a real killer. So I was I, I had enough sense to be embarrassed to be a crack deal. I just didn't I I didn't want to be that guy. Um and, and for me it was a quick move. If it was a long term move, I would have done I would have sold weed. But it was it was a quick move. It's it was quick for me. I, in my mind I'm not gonna be here for a long time. And I just wanted to, I, I wanted a quick come up so I can invest in me. I knew if I could figure out how to invest in me, I could do the rest. And I just needed needed some money to invest in myself. And so I kind of, you know, went that route was introduced to that route, but nobody at school knew. I'm not gonna say nobody, but you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. Hey, Johnny's a class clown. Johnny, how you know, long,
2: How long did you do that? Like how long did you start, you know, selling drugs? Uh, for like a quick I mean,
3: I'd say off and on for a couple of years, but it was enough It was enough to realize if I wanted to be a kingpin, okay. I could have been I could have been next in line. But oh. you know
2: what? I, I'm curious. Yeah, it, it was
3: it, it was um for me it was real fast. Were it you was real-
1: to, were you able to keep your money though? Were you able to stack it and did yeah, you achieve your yeah. goal? I did. I did um I did
3: in a couple ways but you know one when when Mookie died that changed everything for me. Like I didn't want to do that anymore. Either. It didn't matter about the money. I remember I walked up to a place called Incredible Universe. Um uh, it's like an electronic store where um, you know, uh, they had entertainment. And I walked into the store and I said, God, if you give me a job, I'll stop selling I'll, I'll stop selling drugs today. No joke. I walk into this place and I see like big TVs. I see this guy on a microphone and he's talking like this and has this big multimedia system, all the cameras and um everything you can see in this store. It's, it's like bigger than a Sam's warehouse store. And so you can see what's happening on this side of the store. Like he's controlling everything. He's entertaining people, he's playing music, he's doing announcements. And I'm standing behind him and he has a mic in front of him. He just welcome to the incredible universe. And da da. And he just turns around and he says, You want to come in? And he pulled the chain and he let me in the DJ booth. And, what? and 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 this, I just prayed in the parking lot. God, if you give me a job. Wow. I'll stop selling drugs today. Wow. They had a cell phone department, a beeper department. I'm thinking, like, I am be in sales. I'm gonna go like, but this DJ booth pulled me, so I went right to it. And I was just mesmerized. I was looking, and he and and he said, "Give me one second. I'm gonna do a quick announcement." He did an announcement and came back and started talking to me. He said, "You want to do one?" Now, I'm in acting class in school. Like, I'm taking like uh, um, um speech and theater. Like, uh, that's me in high school. Oh, okay, I'm a okay. You know, I'm finishing school early. I don't have any hours, so I'm gonna take some fun classes and mm-hmm. hopefully some chicks or some hot. You know,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh,
3: so I, I was always able to mimic people. Like I, I would study Eddie Murphy, and like I, Eddie Murphy would just mimic people. Like I could mimic anybody who Eddie Murphy can mimic, I can mimic. And it's not because I can mimic the person; I can mimic Eb- Eddie mimicking. I've always been able to do that. But oh, wow. so when he put that microphone in my face, I became him. He did a few announcements in front of me. I studied them for like 10 minutes. So I knew what he wanted. He put the script in front of me. He gave me, he gave me like five minutes to learn the script. I take acting classes. So boom, I spit. I was hired on the spot. I got the job. Damn, I got the job that everybody in the store, and I'm talking about um, uh, like, like very high level six figure jobs envied me because my job was to entertain them while they're at work. So oh, I'm in high school. The guy who hired me quit in the la- in the next four weeks why? I'm in high school writing schedules. I write my own schedule to go to work. He trained oh, well, me to replace him.
2: Oh, because he's, he, he's planning to, to move. But,
3: but I really, walked in the door saying, "God, if you give me a job, wow. I'll stop selling drugs today."
2: God is oh on, your, was and, on and your side. And, and this DJ thing?
1: just saw you and just pulled you beside him. Right? This is what Listen. happens in the movies. This is what. Yeah, it was see. crazy. Literally, exactly. it was
3: crazy. It was crazy. It, oh I God. ran a multi. I ran a whole booth that had a, over a million dollars of technology in it, and this is a 1993.
2: Oh, how long did you do that
3: um it, it was it was the tandy company so i literally was an employee of tandy okay i did it uh, for about a year and a half um i sabotaged the entire booth the day i quit cuz they they brought us some oh. white boy to replace me and wanted me to train them.
2: oh so, what? <laughs> there you go a typical corporate right
3: oh my god it,
1: it th- your time was up
3: hey oh, so and nobody else could nobody else knew how to wire that booth but me
2: what well, wait, wait. So, was that the reason why you're like, you know, what? I'm done doing all this, you know, nine to five job or whatever. Let me just, start, just, you know, my own company.
3: I, I just started thinking different, and you know, I in my mind, the, when people, I went to acting school. Matter of fact, I'm sitting in the DJ booth and I'm and I'm reading. I'm going through the UTA paper, University of Texas of, of Arlington. Because my wife is going to UTA. Well, it's my girlfriend at the time. Matter of fact, I met Crystal at Mookie's funeral. Oh, my wow. wife, who I'm married to today.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: 23 years.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, she Crystal. was at
3: Mookie's funeral the next day after I gave my gun to a preacher. And I prayed that night. I said, God, send somebody in my life who can help me stay out of trouble. I didn't say male or female. I, oh. I was thinking <laughs> I was like, thinking like a mentor. Matter. No, I was thinking like a yeah. mentor. A mentor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and then she was sitting three seats from me at the at the funeral the next day. That's a whole another story.
2: Uh, yeah, actually, can, can, can we can we you know what we're about to talk about your love like later, but now I that you it. mentioned Crystal, <laughs> so I know that because I remember. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I was really blown away whenever I I hear you talk on the stage because, dude, I swear you. you always you own the stage all the time. Whenever Thanks. you speak, everyone would listen. Whatever they're doing, they have to just drop everything what they're doing. That's how yeah. good speaker you are. And you. you talk about your wife so many times. And tell us, come on. Everyone would probably be, g- <laughs> be giggling once you, you know, hear um, the story.
3: OK, so here's how I met Crystal. Um, the night of the wake, give the gun to the preacher. We end up going back over Mrs. Crane's house. Mrs. Crane was our seventh grade, eighth grade teacher. She kind of, um, her and her husband distracted us from life and just like took us out for pizza and stuff. And then they ultimately introduced us to church. Well, we only went because they had girls at church. Right. So Mookie started going to her church. So Mookie met Crystal and I didn't know that they knew each other. Like, no. so I'm like, why? Like, who, who do you know here? Like, how do you know Mookie? Well, well Miss Crane would bring him to church. So I'm like, oh, wow. So that mur- I wrote an article called The Murder That Possibly Saved My Life. That, that, that article went viral. It's about Mookie. Like, Mookie led me to my wife.
2: That moves in mysterious ways. It's crazy. It sounds,
1: yeah. like, it sounds like Jesus I, was answering your prayers, but not just answering, but answering very quickly
2: though. Yes, the, the beautiful wife. Look at that, Crystal. Beautiful. Oh
0: this my <laughs>
2: yeah. But with, yeah. all of a sec. Because I know that of course it wasn't like I I have heard that story that it wasn't like a a smooth sailing. It was like a roller coaster uh, uh. relationship with you and Crystal. I mean, yeah, you got to look know. at it.
3: She, she, she's getting involved with someone who has seen more of life than that, that. shouldn't have. Like, I wouldn't want my daughter to be with anybody who saw what I saw at eighteen. I mean, it is. I know. I know it sucks to say that, but um, I was well, um, well rounded at that point in my life, um, and a, a lot of my skills that I have today, I already had them then. Think about right. that.
0: That's like terrific. think about
3: that like so I already had those skills then I was just using those skills to 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 um to uh to, to maneuver the world the way I wanted the world to maneuver instead of being a servant with my gift, serving people Wow like serving people has made me way more money exactly <laughs> than than, than, <laughs> than getting <laughs> over than, getting over on people yeah or you but, you know doing illegal things.
2: But during that time when Crystal, um, I know like you at one point of your, 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 when you were speaking, I forgot the name of the, I think it was in Vegas. Uh, you mentioned that you guys, you and Crystal broke up. Oh, we right? did, yeah. With, yeah. With, with the kids and all. So how we, do you guys, like, rekindle the relationship man. again? Jesse has all the tea. Yeah. I love I love, 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 love. love like stories. Like,
3: you start stirring stronger. like. I, uh,
2: I love listening to love stories.
3: Jay, hey, Jesse got all the scratches in the bottom of the coffee cup. Like I know. Oh, love, love, love,
0: love. Yes.
2: Yes.
3: Um, you know, um, so my wife and I, we got <laughs> married in 1998. So we, married, we met in 93, married in 98. So it's only five years later. So we're maybe 23. I'm 23-ish, We're oh, right around yeah. that time. Yeah, so, um, and at the time, I'm already hustling. I'm in sales. I'm selling home security systems. I'm selling health and life insurance. Um, um, and I, I talk a lot about that in my new book called Building a Millionaire Mindset.
2: Oh, yeah, you're going to talk that, about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk later. about
3: that. But that's kind of where... Like, I started aiming myself towards a direction that would complement my future. so I never took a job that had nothing to do with my future. I never and like when I went to the job at Incredible Universe, the reason I was attracted to that DJ booth because that DJ booth had something to do with my future. And even if I, I went in there to sell home I went in there to, to sell sell electronics, and that would have that, that helped me be, become a, a better communicator. So I was always aiming myself in a direction that would complement who I am and where I wanna go. I've always been like that. So um, I, um, I finished high school, two weeks out of high school, I enrolled into Katie Studios. Katie Studios is, is an Actors Conservatory of the Southwest. So I have a, de- I have a degree in acting in theater. Oh,
0: um, nice.
3: So that was fresh out of high school. That's one week out of high school, I enrolled in that school. So I didn't have a summer. So so all of my homeboys end up going to college or acting like they were going to go to college to go see some girls. I'm already in school. So I didn't have time to mess around. Like I have time to mess off. So I go to acting school because of residual income. I heard the word residual income. If you do commercials, every time that commercial airs, you get paid again and again and again. I I could care less about being famous. I wanted this residual income. So I started down this path of just really, really being hungry to understand residual income. I sold health and life insurance because health and life insurance, you have residual income. When your clients are paying their monthly premiums, you get a small portion of that. So there was residual income coming in. So mm-hmm. I've always chased residual income. And then I was introduced to the network marketing world, multi-level marketing, residual income. That's what attracted me to that world. Oh.
0: Was that the first,
2: um, was that the first, uh, uh Multi MLM that you joined was, um, ML no ventures. Oh, no, no, no way okay. before
3: that. So I was 25 years old. This is the year 2000, okay. February the 11th of the year 2000. February is a big, big month for me, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it's always,
3: my wife.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. always February.
3: Um, so, um, I was selling home security systems and insurance, and, um, I'm just sitting down. I'm, I'm upset. I'm three months behind on my house. I told my wife she would never have to work. She's a newlywed. I mean, I'm just you know, I wanted to be the man. I wanted to you know be the provider or whatever. And um, we we're about to lose everything. And she has no idea. Like I did not tell her anything. And um, and that, my phone rings. It's my homeboy named Dan Hernandez. I remember this. He's a police officer in um, in Dallas, ex police officer. And he and he sold home security systems with me. He said, man, I got something you need to look at. He said, I have a website. And immediately, just my, my competitive nature, he had a website. This is the year 2000. I didn't have a website. Exactly. He had a website. So I'm pissed off. So I got to go see this website. <laughs> like, how'd you oh, get a website? Wow. I don't have a website. <laughs> <clears throat> so I go, I, I go check out his website and I'm watching this video. And that's how they got me. That's how I got involved. Because I was the guy who said I, I would never do network marketing. My insurance boss, the owner of the company, na- national agency, said people are going to try to recruit you and distract you, Johnny. You're talented, you're gifted. People are going to see it in you. Stay focused, and you'll make millions with me. So, I was always close-minded to network marketing. Always.
2: Oh wow! But yeah. I, with World Ventures, I know that you were there for so many years, and yeah, you're one of the one of the pioneers that you well, made that company like. On top of they,
3: launched, they launched in 2005. At that time, I was helping Success University launch in 2005. Um, so I had already knew the owners of the company, but I already gave them my commitment. So I stay where I was. In 2009, those companies would merge. And when we merged, I took them international. So they had no international market at all. Every every bit of the international market on day one was my team, and that's because I was speaking and I was doing seminars around the world. So when I started the team, I, I would I would go speak. I would start a team in different places. Well, this new company could no longer service my team, so they had to go international for me. Wow! J- j- but, just to be able to check my team.
2: Yeah, but I'm curious. Like, how how did you do that? Like, how do you make like a small company? Not like let's say a mid sized company. Like, turn into international, yeah. big international. Like, well, the truth do is, you ever have like a lot of, um, a lot of, um, you know, connections ever since, or you just do no. like, a, okay, it, it was a every,
3: every, every one of my million dollar earners. You wouldn't, I mean, no one knew their name. They, they were broke when I met them. Michael Jacks, he was broke the day I met him. Yeah, like, true. You, Julio Casa broke the day I met him. These are people that are known now. But I don't I don't look for those types of people. I look for hungry people, motivated people. Um, I look I look for people who want to win their life back. I mean, and and those are the type of individuals that we, you know, we, we break records, we make history with. But I mean, it, it it's it's work. I told Jex the day I met him, I said, give me three years. Give me three years. Three years. We'll make millions together. And you say that to most people, they're going to they're, they're going to be discouraged. So sure. I say things to run people off just as much as I say things to run people towards me. I can get rid of you just by giving you an assignment to see if you're serious or not. So when I started down that path, um, and, 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 and here's what's crazy. Every network marketing company that you know of, a respectful network marketing company, you could trace the success back down to one team. Like one team starting it. So I can't really take credit for being the reason. Um, it's, it's normally one person that does it it's normally one person Mm -hmm. that lights the match that gives the approval um to be that rod you know roger banister story run the first four minute mile and then the next year 100 people do it i mean it's just it just it takes one one of those people yeah i'm one of the people that starts the fire but i mean there are so many other people that they're gonna you know that that'll come pass you up right afterwards
1: before we move on to your mml success
2: MLM, MLM, MLM. MLM. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Media marketing.
1: same difference. There's a lot of M's there and L's. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Okay. Before we move on from, uh, and discuss more of your multi-level marketing success and up to now, so you're speaking about the residual income and part of that was you, that's why you took acting. I'm, I'm curious, were you able to do commercials and all that and actually got residual income for a short I did, I mean... time or you didn't?
3: I did a couple things, but nothing, nothing worth talking about. Like the more I found out about that industry, the less I wanted to be in it. Um,
0: oh, okay.
3: But, and, and it's it, now if you would call me and say, Hey Johnny, we have a guarantee role for you. You know, here's the contract. Come on in. I would take that job. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't take the job, but the more I, I started understanding what you go through to get to certain points.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: it's it just. It's not me. It's, it's not my personality. type. It's like I'd have to give up a piece of myself. And I, I'm just not the type of guy. You're either going to love me or hate me. There's not going to be any any between. What's crazy is my daughter's followed my footsteps. My daughter, oh, just, oh, there you go. my daughter just graduated from my acting college and she had a full scholarship.
2: Oh, my God. Wait,
3: yeah. does your daughter my, want
2: to be an actor? an actress? They're, both, they're
3: both actresses. They both have agents. They're both professional actresses. So Psalms really? is 19, Hannah is 17. They both got signed agents. Um, they um they went to performing arts academy in middle school, um, high school, and they both got full scholarships to an acting college. Full scholarships.
2: Wow, look at you. What about yeah. okay, what about years ago? You never thought of like, you know what, let mm-hmm. me be- become an actor. Cause you can be an yeah. actor.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I I would not be who I am today if someone didn't teach me how to control my gift acting school taught me how to control my gift the same gift that got me in trouble like the same gift that would you know disrupt uh <laughs> disrupt public events and, and <laughs> they could get shut down and everybody had to go home early everybody's pissed <laughs> off at me like that same gift that could like steal the audience and get everybody laughing and and you're not paying attention to what you're supposed to be paying i was that guy so that same gift out of control that would get me kicked out of school has now made me millions.
2: Wait, 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 hold on. What was that again that you mentioned earlier that that stopped everything? And then what was that? What, what happened? Tell us about that story.
3: Well, uh, oh, like, like. <laughs> what happened to that story? I mean, tell me, if I some of my homeboys right here, they, they would line up to tell you a Johnny story.
2: Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> tell <laughs> us that one Johnny story.
3: Um. <laughs> Like one of them watching right now, I'm looking at at, uh, Contosia Contosia Flanagan Kelly. (laughs) Like she's watching on Facebook. I'm looking at this. Like that person right there could tell her husband could tell stories right now, of like things. But so, um, the Pizza Hut event. Like we we went to Pizza Hut after a football game or something, and we were class of '94. We stuck tight together. It was organized. We had approval to be there. I mean, everything. This is the '90s. '90s were rough. We like the murder capital of the nation in the '90s. Fort Worth was mm-hmm. per capita. It was like rough, rough. So finding a place where we can go and just feel like we're going to be cool is going to be us, no outsiders. So I show up with some outsiders and being me, <laughs> just talking, and I don't remember what happened, but I think the manager said something like, "Calm down a little bit," and then it just got real loud, and and they <clears throat> they kick us all out.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> okay. They said
3: they said before I got there, everything was amazing. It just it was one of those nights where I showed up late with some outsiders, and I just threw the whole chemistry off, and oh got to talk. We went somewhere else, but a lot of the I mean, a lot was, of the females were mad.
2: <laughs> now, now I'm understanding that you know the gift that you have like in so yeah. many places. Now that you're using it. Right, what's it we call that? Was one of your yeah, disruptor the disruptor, <laughs> the disruptor yeah. person. Wow! So, wait, what about yeah. your book? Um, the first one, when did you um, the first one, the on the hood Yes, yeah, like how did how did you 2003?
3: Okay. Um, it sells more books every year than it did the year it was produced. Like, it's crazy. Like, even even my current publisher on my new book says. They've never seen a book with no traditional publishing that's constantly being bought without marketing. Like this book has no marketing dollars behind it, and it's always like being bought. Um, this book right here, uh, "Building a Millionaire Mindset," um, this is my baby. Like this is the book that I wrote to my kids. Like I, I in my mind, if I'm gonna say anything about this book, I, I, I wrote it in the mindset is if I wanted to leave a roadmap to my children and say I disappear tomorrow. A roadmap. How do you handle millions, daddy? How did you get it? How do you maintain it? How do you sustain it? How do you pass it on to generations? What mindset does it take? This book, like, there's no reason that my children aren't worth more inside because of this book. This book makes them incredibly more valuable. So I wrote a book, kind of like the, the new Think and Grow Rich. Like, think about the new modern Think and Grow Rich. This, this book went number one on Amazon. Um, it is still in the top 10, um, four months later. Um, today I looked at it, it hit 10 again, wow. just, you know, and, and again, this during, during COVID, no speaking engagements. I mean, just doing stuff like this. Wow.
2: Congratulations.
1: Congratulations, oh
2: my God. dude. So that's thank your you. second book. Right. So yeah. tell us like, tell us this one's
3: by McGraw Hill. You know, who McGraw Hills, right? yes, yes. the largest publisher in the world. Like they do yes. all, all, all educational books. They did a deal with me. That's crazy.
2: How long it, how long yeah. did you wrote that book? I I finished
3: this one this uh, I finished it in twenty in twenty twenty. I did I finished it during COVID. Um I'd say i started it and started um it's about a decade worth of information, but within the last eighteen months is when I really started to formulate it. There it is. Here. Look at that. <laughs>
2: Johnny, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna buy one, how can you sign it for me? Cause I want um, a personal sign. <laughs> for you,
3: for you, I got you. Send me a message. I got you. No worries. Um, I haven't, yeah, for you. Yes, I. I haven't done any sales of a signed book yet um, because it's just been coming in so much, and I honestly, I prefer people to get it on Amazon. Um, um, and, and, and honestly, they, Amazon can sell it cheaper than I can sell. They, they got it. They got it for sale right now. Like the image you just put up, or he just put up. Who just? Whoever just put it up. Um that image, you'll see the book is $17 and four cents. Seventeen dollars. Like that's okay. that book is to sell for twenty-five, and then you gotta pay for shipping. Amazon is selling it for 17 with no shipping.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh God. So, God, so please just. So we have just book say.
3: ambassadors. We have people buying 10 books and reselling them and making profit.
2: Oh wow. What was, Johnny, what was your inspiration of writing that book?
3: The last book that I wrote um, was really, it's the absolute most solid piece of information that I've ever put together in one form that anybody, like CEOs, graduates of high school can grab this book and get something in it. And this is not the type of book you're going to loan. Like this book, the number one complaint I have on this book is they loan it to somebody they never get it back. That's the number one number one complaint I got, Johnny. Somebody took my book and, and it was an original. This one, <laughs> this one, I guarantee you, you won't loan anybody this book. Guarantee. After you read the introduction, you'll know why. You will not loan that book to one person.
2: Oh, Everybody. Oh, has congratulations. Uh-huh. It's really an honor that I know you. I'm like so honored to know something.
3: you. We've done a lot of business <laughs> together. I'm so proud of
2: myself for knowing you. Uh,
3: this girl, like, the, the reason I know Jesse is because of production. I know you because of production. I don't know you because of your name. I was like, who the hell is this girl killing all the numbers right now? Who's, like, she, like, just came in and murdered the scene. I'm like, who is she, and why doesn't she want any recognition? Who is she? And, and that, that's how I found her. Like, you just, some people talk, some people just do it. Like, she just did it
2: i know just uh, i think uh, during that time just following your footstep right because mm-hmm. i know like if you really want something to happen there's no excuse you just have to close your somebody's eyes somebody's gonna it. do it
3: it might as well be you that's how i look at it it's, somebody's gonna knock the ball out of the ballpark it might as well be you
2: exactly but johnny what about the what's that uh like um all the celebrities Cause you, dude, <laughs> oh, you're yeah. rubbing elbows with oh, yeah. tons of the, the celebrities. Shout out from Ice Cube, from and plus Steve um, Harvey's. You were like Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, and how did you know all these I was people? Drop Steve all these Harvey, names. No, I've, dude. Like. I've met
3: all of those. The people that you just named, every one of them, I met at a charity event. Every one of them It's just a charity oh, okay. event, and we just—I mean, either I'm a part of the charity, I sit on the board. um... I'm speaking, or it's just—it's funny. All of them charity events,
0: oh. charity events.
3: Celebrities are always at, char- uh, at, at charity, charity. events. Uh,
1: also so
0: you're,
1: have, you're, okay, it's a rich people party, and you know, It's, it's for, Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, for the rich people, get, people party. Money well, for, you know what? Other people. Yes.
3: I've been to a lot of parties that were just designed for rich people to hang out, and I don't meet anybody at those parties.
1: Oh no
3: way! No, it's just you know it's. If you call something a celebrity party, celebrities don't show up to that.
1: Yeah, no. The, uh,
2: yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It's, yeah.
3: it's the people who want to be celebrities, and they're the most annoying these parties are, ever. These
1: are, these, are, <laughs> these are the wannabes. Yeah, it's the like wannabes oh, oh, and all oh. the be actors. Okay. I,
3: I, I want to be around fun people, man. Fun people having yeah. fun. Let your hair down. Let's, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, people. I, I mean, <laughs> there's two types of people who know me. People who who want to be around me just to like get wisdom and nuggets and success principles, and you got other people who be like, I just want to be around Johnny so I can laugh my ass off.
2: Like, because yeah, yeah, you're really and, a funny guy.
3: And there are people who never get to see the business side of me, um, because they would rather see this side. I mean, I talk about that. I talk about that in in this new book because the older I get, the more I start realizing. I'm helping strangers become massively successful. And my own friends, I'm not helping them because we don't talk about it. We just talk bullshit every time we get together. But honestly, they would listen to me if I talked to them. It's just, I would rather be this guy. I'm selfishly wanting to be the funny guy right now. I don't want to talk business. I don't want to talk about anything serious. That's what I do when I'm not around y'all. But I can't have that mindset anymore.
2: Okay. Until now, uh, do you still have friends that you know, you're still friends with them for so many years, but they still don't, you know, don't follow your footsteps or don't even join your business.
3: Yeah, I got family, neighbors that don't. It's not even about where you're from. It's just as many people that are from the hood that don't listen to me. I got just as many people who, who live on, in my neighborhood don't listen to me. I mean, I've never, ever slowed down my life to focus on people who don't want it. Like oh, cigarette God, companies don't important. do that. That's I think about it. like yeah. like cigarette companies don't focus on non-smokers; they only focus on smokers, because there's enough that the people who don't want it don't matter. There's enough people who want to be successful. There's enough people who want more out of life. There's enough people who want to win at this game called life. That there's enough of them that the ones who don't want it, we've never we we never bump heads. We never cross paths. Um, it's kind of like, like right now with the, you know, coronavirus, like with the um, with the uh, injections, like I'll never take it. it is like, good, there's enough people who will. <laughs> and then we don't have enough for those people. So it's like people are going out of their way to talk about what they don't want. Like who what air, what other area of life do you talk about what you don't want with enthusiasm? Like, That's I don't right. want to get a I don't want a bad back today. Like, why the hell are we talking about what you don't want? You don't want the vaccine. You're not going to get it. Thank you. That means other people in line can get it who want it. Exactly. All I'm saying is this: I don't cater to people who don't want. This. I, I. People say, you know, Johnny, you're a motivational speaker. You're supposed to care about everybody. I do care about everybody, but I'm not the type of person. You know, how they say you can lead a water, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Yeah, true. Well, it's not all the way true. Because for that same horse, if I get a handful of dirt or a handful of sand and I throw it into that horse's mouth, the first thing that horse is going to look for is water. I'm not the type of person that's going to cram what I have down somebody's throat to get them to want more of it. I say things like this. Listen, I love to help people become successful. I help people at the top and anybody else who wants to get there. If that causes you to want more then I'm going to know, I'm going to see it. But to see somebody that I care about, that I love, and I'm getting all depressed and it's and it's controlling my mindset mm-hmm. because they don't want it. I can't never do that. I can never, ever sacrifice who I am on the inside because I care about somebody else so much wanting something they don't even want for themselves. That comes from a lot of hard knocks though. Like I've been through a lot to get to that. And people say, well, damn, Johnny, how can you be so strong? I'm like, I don't I don't wish it on anybody. Like you just mm-hmm. you just learn yeah. you go through it and you just you start realizing I want I want everybody to love life. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to win. But when you start wanting that more than they want it, man, it it's like an internal implosion that happens inside you mm-hmm. and a little a little piece of you you gave up to help something that didn't want to even be helped
2: exactly and you sometimes know, those people those people that uh you want to help them but they don't want to be helped are the one who right. number one the bashers and the one that whose haters like they don't even know you they don't even yeah. join like they didn't even like join your wagon and yeah they're still talking and, negative and things don't, don't, don't bullshit about your you energy. so how yeah. do you, how do you handle those things do you do well, you know, know what? That okay
3: people are creative they're, 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 they 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 want to be creative and relevant like, if you're creative and relevant, you know, it's not like you're emotionally connected to the conversation. You just want to be relevant. Like, you know, I saw somebody post something about, you know, Ted Cruz, you know, going to Cancun. And they said, um, they said they're said they saving turtles, but they couldn't save, you know, lives. And I'm like, okay, OK. Y'all are reaching real deep right now. Let them save the turtles. Those are good people doing good stuff. But that has nothing to do with the government Allowing people to freeze to death in this inclement weather, like it's two different situations, but they borrowed the story of the turtles to justify the argument of this person who lost their life freezing to death in America. In America, mm-hmm. this person died. 11 year old boy froze to death in his home. It has nothing to do with turtles, but it made them feel relevant to say something that was justifiable, turtles or 11 year old, of course they're 11 year old, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Those people who were saving the turtles didn't know that there were people dying, freezing to death, but you borrowed this story to make it relevant so you can Mm -hmm. feel significant. That's the problem. The problem is we're borrowing, you know, stories that have nothing to do with each other, to create our own relevance. And that's how wars are started. Because we want to be relevant. We want our truth to be relevant. We want to borrow something else. And it's it's a domino effect, but my biggest frustration is why doesn't everybody see that? And normally, normally your biggest frustration is actually your gift. That's a whole nother
1: show it's a whole nother episode that's a whole
2: nother episode <laughs> <Also, laughs> you, you know johnny wait, you know da-
1: well, I'm, we're all, learning a lot from you also i you- know johnny is that you know i want to learn from you like your friends but also like your friends i also want to enjoy the very fun you that's so, what i'm talking about i don't know how we're yeah. gonna do that we'll be drinking and you know and chit-chatting and bullshitting but also present me yeah. those are the smart ones are
0: the ones that want
3: to talk shit like we'll get johnny talking shit we'll get on rolling and we're going to just pop in some business questions on our way. Those are the smart <laughs> ones because when I get in my zone, you can't get me out of it.
2: Oh yeah. And it's that's funny. funny.
3: <laughs> it, and it's <laughs> funny too. It's not it, it, like, it's funny.
2: <laughs> that is Johnny actually. Yeah. Wait, wait, can you elaborate uh, the one that you just mentioned that that's another episode, that's another story. Just, just, uh, you know, like a, a simple explanation about that. Give me an example. Like, from you, dude. Like,
3: bring me back to where we were. What, what, what led me to say that, that, um, When I said, oh, go ahead. Your biggest frustration is
2: Is your biggest frustration is your, yeah.
3: Well, typically, okay. So I remember there was a point in my life, remember, like mid twenties, even into my thirties, even now. um, But more so then when I, when, when I, I was teaching the concept of being successful, building organizations and raising up leaders, and it would frustrate me that I would see things that they didn't see. And, and it was all leadership stuff. You know, you're getting all offended because so-and-so said this, they did this, they bought this, they're bragging about their lifestyle, and now you're over here in your feelings and you don't appreciate what they're doing and maybe what they're doing is not the right thing to do, but you're talking about them behind their back instead of just going to them and say, hey, man, we need to tone this down a little bit. It's business. It makes sense, Right. That's the type of stuff like you didn't see enough that if you just would have had a conversation. Yeah. You could have prevented a lot of drama with one conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that when when you start seeing things like that early on and it's it's part of your gift, like leadership is one of my gifts. Like I I mm-hmm. build powerhouses. Like I I I build people onto the level of leadership that they should fly past me like in no time, if they really, really want it. Have no, I'm not never been intimidated by anybody that I mentored to pass me up. That's a true mentor. You want your protégés mm-hmm. to pass you up. Mm-hmm. To so, you up, yeah. so, um, I don't know why I, I brought that up or where I was going with that, but because of my ability to see things as, as a leader, it also was my biggest frustration. Like I would be so frustrated that people didn't see it. And it's like, and and I'm I'm, I'm a God, guys. I talk about God a lot. It's It's like God slapped me one day and said, that's why it's your gift. It's your gift because you see it and they don't. So why are you allowing your gift to frustrate you to a point where it's paralyzing you instead of wanting to go help? that that was a tweak for me that was a tweak
2: mm-hmm.
3: of being a servant more than a teacher
2: wow that is deep mm-hmm. It's crazy. Because, that is deep dude because,
1: yeah it, that is a tweak because i've known like working co- in corporate also in the philippines that their leaders i was a team leader and i would say the word serve because i would have my own team and mm-hmm. I, I felt that way because you know i'm i'm leading them i'm, I'm yeah. also serving them at the same way, and I don't feel like sir when I say serve, that I'm putting myself down. No, you know? I, I, and but when my uh, my my um, what do you call this? My manager. What she said was no, no, no. You you don't say sir. Sir, we're not serving. We're we're leaders. We're above yeah. them. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, there are yeah, I, leaders that do not want to say that. <laughs> you know, but you can't. I, or- I, I I can see that
3: if, if if that person who was in leadership role, if they were trained to think that way. Mm-hmm. It's the it's difference between now you're going some deep leadership stuff, but this is all in the book actually. It's the difference between being, you know, are you a leader or I mean, are, are you a dictator? You know, leaders lead with love.
2: That's a yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: yes. Dictators, mm-hmm. dictators lead with manipulation. If mm-hmm. you don't do this, I'll do this to you. A leader like Martin Luther King was a leader. Mother Teresa was a leader. Like these mm-hmm. are really led with love, and the people who live with love are the ones that we talk about most.
1: I believe that. So true. much. That is I, I love you, it when set you said a good it, example. Lead with love because I, when I had my team and, you know, for a straight eight months, they followed me and they, nobody was, uh, nobody, uh, our attendance was number one. Nobody was being absent because they just love me. Right. Because <laughs> they love, they love know, going to, to work. They, they, because, they, yeah. they love going to work because right. they love, you know, they love me and they we believe in the goal, you know. Are, are it's you to me, that's
3: manager? more valuable. It's more valuable that I have a group that wants to be there than to have a group that's only there because they're motivated by manipulation. in
2: the fear as well, right? Yeah. They're manipulated yeah, in their fear. If I don't do
3: this, I'm not going to get that. These people were just showing up early probably because they wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just, I would much rather have a, a work atmosphere like that. Zappos has figured this out. So many companies have figured, Google has figured this out now.
2: Wow. Do you believe in micromanagement? Like do you do you, um, do you believe in that? It
3: depends on the personality type. You know, some mm-hmm. people need it. So some. I you know the way I raise my children are totally different. I, I mean, it's still with the same structure and the same rules, but I, I I I I look at their personal identities as individuals and know what breaks them and what doesn't break them. You know, my daughter, my daughter who's seventeen, um, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, she was two years old, two or three. And I remember I hear the door open and I heard D like the alarm, right? So I'm like, what the hell was that? So I go to the front door and Hannah is opening the door. So I remember thinking to myself, okay, I need her to understand how dangerous this was, right? So I get down like to her level and I look at her and I, I'm holding the door and I said, Do not open this door again. There's a doggy out there. If a doggy came to get you, if a bad person came to get you. You open the door and you let them in. So don't open the door. Always wait for daddy or mommy. Close the door. No joke. Her ass looks right at me. Reaches to the door. She's not looking at the door. She's looking at me. Oh, and now I know like, oh, okay. Oh, shit, okay. She, she run to run game, right? So she reaching for the door while she's looking at me. She touched that doorknob. I grabbed her. I'm in Texas. So we're a little bit different. I grabbed her like by her shirt. And I said, do not. Open that door again, and she just—I put—and you know what—and I just looked at her and like that didn't work with her, and then I just said, "I'm disappointed in you." She lost it. She lost it. Cried, boo hooed, and that's when I knew she doesn't want to disappoint Daddy. So that's how I discipline—I discipline her based on what works. I want her Mm -hmm. to know when I'm disciplined when, when I'm. when I'm disappointed in her because I know it works. Mm -hmm. That's what she needs is discipline. My other children are totally different, but that one, that's what she needs. She needs to know that she let daddy down because that broke her heart. That is a leader. A leader analyzes each individual with individual consideration, even though you have the rules, even though you have the rules or whatever it is, you still can be individual consideration for each individual. I learned that in insurance. You're... Your pre-existing situations that you have <laughs> medical conditions, sometimes they'll do pre they'll do individual consideration. My god, I, Johnny,
2: I swear, dude, we can talk for hours and hours and we'll just
3: I normally don't do shows this late because I'm normally normally, you know. I know I'm crazy.
2: Oh my god, seriously, then <laughs> we will be like oh wow like we was just dude can you just talk about this this situation because i know i remember years ago there's always a lot of johnny wimbry story and they say yeah. oh you should know we got <laughs> then at one point i believe uh, it was in vegas and then i was just listening to you guys and you were just talking and blabbing in one party it's a pool party and then there was uh, like, most of them were like talking about like because you're the one who's who's doing the joke what
3: okay we didn't get kicked out.
2: No, 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 no. (laughs) So you were just like, you know, talking and it was a pool party. It was like Mm. a lot of people. And I was like, oh my God, it's an honor that I was there. And I was just like listening. And you're Uh, like the only person, like everyone were talking, but when, when you spoke, Everyone was just listening to, and I was just like, H- heads were turning." Like, yeah, we're we were, I was just like mesmerized. I'm like, oh, I miss those dude. days, man." COVID, oh, COVID. Hey, Johnny, I'm already. So oh, our, our director has
1: a question, but, but uh, I don't know how can you answer this. But can you? Yeah. Can you answer in a, one or two questions? Uh, one, one or two one sentences, one. sentences. How can you build a millionaire mindset? Yo, know, for me, it
3: was it. It's not about making a million dollars. It's the mindset that you need to make it. Because once you have the mindset, you could do something again and again and again. You know, why do most people who win the lottery, why are they broke three years later? It's not because a millionaire mindset calls them to win the lottery. It was just their gambling. But the millionaire mindset just makes you think about things that have no choice but to attract a million dollar reality. It's just. You know, yeah. there's so much in this book um, that forces you to deal with you that you can't even make it past the first chapter without starting to understand that a million a millionaire mindset is literally one inch away from you. It's not, it's not a long path. It's not at all. It's just a flipping of the switch. I tell people that, you know, making a million dollars in one year was not the hardest thing I've ever done. The absolute hardest thing I've ever done is give myself the permission to believe that it was possible. That was the hardest thing. Oh, like yeah. once I, once I really subscribe to that possibility, being being there for me, like there was nothing that could stop me. The, I, you, you show me somebody who's broke, I'll show you somebody who entertains being broke than they, more than they entertain being prosperous.
2: Like John, I'm curious. Like for example, like. What if, let's say, a typical, let's say, J.Cos and I, like, we work in a corporate, you know, in a corporate Mm -hmm. America. So is it possible for us to be a millionaire? Like, you mentioned, like, uh, maybe, okay, let's just say not a year. That's impossible. Maybe a year Mm -hmm. or two or three years. Not impossible. Is it possible? Is it possible? Even if you don't have any extra income streams? It may not come from that source, though. Okay. That, that, that,
3: that, okay. that source may compliment your, your millionaire status. And, I mean, you got people who have nothing that will be millionaires this year. At least yeah. you have something. Sure. Like, you have yeah. people who have... And I'm not joking. There's a female somewhere right now that's going to become a millionaire for the first time this year. And right now, she has nothing. There's a male, a black person, a white person, an Asian person from all walks of life right now while we're talking. There is somebody in your shoes, that's less fortunate than you are, that's still going to be a millionaire this year. So you tell me if it's possible.
2: Wow. So take us. We have to. <laughs> well, since we're not uh, doing it, it's them. That's what he said. It's <laughs> not us,
1: it's them. It's them, It's, them. Exactly. it's gonna be
3: somebody. Uh, so gonna yes. be you. They, they're starting with nothing. I did a whole speech uh, talking about the dedication of a crackhead. Ask oh, me yeah. how I know. Yeah.
2: I love that. Oh my God, Johnny! Okay. A dedication of a crackhead.
0: Okay. Ask me how I know. I was there. I saw it.
3: So, the dedication of a crackhead basically is a crackhead wakes wakes up every year at z- I mean every day at zero. Like they literally wake up every day at zero. They have nothing, and they still get high that day. And they never entertain that they wouldn't get high that day. So you got somebody who starts at zero. Who never ever in their mind they entertain the thought of not getting high? They never crosses their mind. They know they're going to get a high. They don't know how they're going to do it, but they know day after day without reservation, without bullshit, nothing's going to stop them. A crackhead gets high every
1: day. Oh no! And they you know what? At zero. I get it. But now you have to change your book to how how to build a crackhead mindset. <laughs> I have that to would, talk about But I know hey. that will not sell that, that, us much. That, that, that will not sell us much. For the first
3: for the first time ever, I put it in a book. It's in the book. I talk yes. about it. You Think know, about that
1: it's sense. a dedication of a crackhead. It's just they're they're dedicated. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, you're like, right, you know. They they don't they have Zilch waking up nothing. And but but at the end of the day, they're high. Somehow. Right.
3: And but it's crazy. They never entertained that they wouldn't have gotten high. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, here's the crazy about me. I have never in my life entertained not being successful. Like, I just, I don't even, I remember, I remember my homeboys coming over to my crib. I'm like seventh and eighth grade. And I remember being embarrassed to let them in my house to see how I live. You know what's crazy about that? They lived the exact life. (laughs) There was like you next door? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like <laughs> what the hell? Like, why? Why? How did I know that I should be embarrassed? Like, where'd that come from? Like, <laughs> it's not it's like true. they came from a different neighborhood, and I was acting like I was something that I wasn't. They saw me every day, and I still was ashamed for them to see how I lived
2: my god that is so true that's, crazy. I mean, that's a, a fucked up like, <laughs> thinking seriously yeah. right? that's not normal. i don't wish that on nobody <laughs> oh, i'm learning a lot from this yeah. dude you know what? like you know what? I, while you were talking like i just thought about it like for example when we started this podcast right um just last march we started like we're gonna be one year next month that's we've awesome. never even thought about that you're right like all we know is is we just want to talk we just want to right whatever happens we just even if we do it three four times a week or five times a week we and i'm it's like working. shaking and i'm just shaking all the time because i'm the one who's i'm um, scheduling you know um uh was that uh, reaching out to the celebrities and all uh-huh. the yes. filipinos the big big ones right they get and them then, in like, I'm, I'm always shaking. I'm like, I don't know what I'm, what, what but all I know that, that crackhead thinking that I don't give a shit. I right. do happen. It will happen it by happen. or by crook. Yes. And I Look, made it happen. People like me
3: always wanna to talk to people like you. Like it's like I d I wanna to talk to somebody who's a go-getter. I wanna to talk to somebody that like got on my nerves to get me on their show. Like drove me nuts. Like that story is huge because those are the type of people that's a millionaire mindset. A million a millionaire mindset is the kid that's separating candy and now later is to go sell them back at school. A millionaire's mindset is like you like this is crazy. Like this is really I think about this day is crazy. I, I I used to mow yards. Like ask me, did I have a truck? No. I literally walked door to door with a gas can and a lawnmower and i knocked on doors. Would you like to have your yard mode? And here's, what's crazy. The next day I would knock on the same houses that said no. It never occurred to me that they would say no again. It never, it never hit my mind. Like they said no yesterday. Yeah. Like wow. I didn't know where this fearlessness came came from, but that's a millionaire mindset. It's just we need direction. Like we don't know what to do with this gift. There's not one person on the planet that I can't analyze in 30 minutes and tell you what their gift is. <clears throat> but the thing is, your gift scares the hell out of you. Like, like you know what it is. Like I just said that, and instantly both of y'all thought of something. It just scares you. It scares me too. But run towards it, not away from it. The millionaire mindset is to run towards it, and there's a process. To learn how to do that.
2: That's so true. Yeah, just when what you mentioned earlier, like when I did it with World Ventures years ago, I don't even. Oh, know I heard about cool. the story. Yeah, I don't even know, you know what the heck I was. Je- I heard about Jesse making waves too. That's crazy. I have yes. no clue how I did it. I just did it, and I was just like, I never. Well, that's started. how I met her. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, you know what? You, I didn't know Johnny that when when we when Jake has asked you right. What is uh, give us a few sentences of, you know, what is a, a millionaire mindset? And now you made me think that it's not just me and probably all those go getters. Mm-hmm. You guys have it.
1: Yeah, you yeah. just
2: have to go through it. Like you just have to the push go-getter, it. Go get Yeah, Like what happens people, and I'm going to get it.
3: But I do know people who are worth over a million dollars that I don't think they have the millionaire mindset. Like I I'm a celebrity life coach, so there are a lot of people that you see on TV that we love them more than they love themselves. That's not a millionaire mindset. Like a millionaire mindset, you love yourself. Like you love everything about yourself. Like, I can't think of anything about me. I can't, I mean, I have flaws, but me, like in my mind, I'm like, what do y'all do when I'm not around? Like that. <laughs> That's how important I think I am. <laughs>
1: Everything's going to break. Everything's going to fall apart, Johnny. Like I like, like
3: what like seriously like when I'm not there what is the world doing? Like am I that that's how valuable I think I am. Now you you should have a level of of confidence, not arrogance, but you just have, you know, if when you don't understand the difference between arrogance and confidence, you're always intimidated by confident people. Confidence is you understanding one or two things. I'm not better than anybody. Mm -hmm. But nobody's better than me either. That's confidence. That's not arrogance, that's confidence. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: When you think you're better than one person that has breath, that's arrogance. We just came from an administration that operated on arrogance.
2: That is so true. Oh my God. (laughs) Now you're making me think, oh, you're you're, you're right. (laughs) True, because not everyone that like for example, I'm sure Johnny, for so many years a lot of people think that you're 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 arrogant, right? Like no, is guitar- that uh, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, would, but, they would mistake you for and then arrogant. once yeah. the, the minute that they like an hour maybe of like listening to you and all, <laughs> they'll be like, Oh, actually he's yeah. not. Yeah. He's confident. He's there,
1: confident. You know. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yes. yeah. It, my confidence may intimidate some people, but it's I've never met anybody that I thought I was better than. And I, and I'm not, and, and I'm, and I mean that literally.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> Up to this date, Johnny, what if like, um, you know, like there's a lot of, um, you met a lot of mindset, uh, billionaire mindset people that, you know, they have it in them and they still keep on saying no. So how do you deal with it?
3: I, you know, it, it's like, I I, I I will wait until they figure it out. It's like, true. I, I, I I'm not gonna microwave your life. I'm not gonna I'm not going to manufacture something you're not ready for. The the, the bigger the stage, the harder the fall.
2: True.
0: That and what
3: true. I mean by that is let let's say I hung up and I said, hey, I'm gonna connect them with so and so who can have them their own show by tomorrow. Well, if you're not ready for that, the fall will be greater than the door and the opportunity. So true. I I can love people where they are and appreciate them. And 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 I can see them way up here and love them here. Because yeah. I know that they're going to get here one day, but why not just love them where they are? Like I have no problem loving people where they are until they see themselves somewhere else. And and and, yeah. and I, I think um, a good friend of mine says, change is a door that can only be open from the inside. So if I don't have the ability to change you, what am I doing? I can drip on you until you want to change.
2: Yeah. But I'm not going to change you. You're, like, you're I,
1: not going to break your bones exactly, just to just help to... out someone. You know, he, he has to do it. Start from himself. Mostly, I saw yeah. I
2: saw like a, one of our friend actually, he's um he's one of your fans, Johnny. Ramirez De La Cruz. He's ah, a friend yes, of ours. Oh, my God. Like... We, We've watched you so many times. Uh, Ramirez and I watched you so many times. Like, you can't help right. those that does not want to help. So, you move to those that are asking for your help. That shows that they deserve your help. Yes. True. Yeah. It makes I,
3: sense. I, I used to say this all the time from stage I show people how to be successful, I don't show people how to want to be successful.
2: True. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that,
3: and that sounds a little bit cruel or insensitive, but isn't it respect to not push somebody to something they don't want? Like I'm, I'm respecting you.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like if, if you say I want to be successful and I, I, and I give you one assignment and I never hear from you again, the assignment was bigger than you wanted to be successful. Was
1: it was a sort, sort of test too. Yes. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can always figure out how big you are. They They, they say that, you can always judge the size of a person's character by the size of the obstacle that it takes to overcome them. So, if I give you one obstacle and I never see you again, that obstacle was bigger than you.
2: True.
1: Can he? Sense. Can this person come back and say, "Can you give me a smaller obstacle?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's I would cool appreciate obstacle. the honesty. I would appreciate. I, I would appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that
1: means, you know. I wa- I still want this, but you know, maybe. Right. It's like, that, <laughs> that's honest. That's true. The,
3: the Bible says "And all you're getting, get an understanding. So if you don't understand the obstacle, come back for some understanding. There's nothing wrong with yeah.
2: that. Even if it's on and on and on, yeah. right? It doesn't right. matter until you comprehend things.
3: Oh, man, this generation is more like this generation, like, like easy. Done. Done, son. It's done. Got yeah. it. Right? The Gen, yeah.
2: the Gen Z's. Say yes. less.
3: Yeah. Say less. I know I'm never going to see them again. <laughs> like, you start saying something like that to me. I'm like, I'm never going to see you again.
2: But Charlie, okay, uh, question. Uh what about uh, yeah, yeah, can you compare the the, the Gen Zs now, that you know, the the mindset that they have right now compared to the millennials and the Millennials that like awesome. us. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, imbe- I invented that. Yeah, I invented that word. The millennials. The ticket from you, baby. The ticket. Yeah, the millennials.
1: means we feel like millennials. millennials. <laughs> but our boats are
2: breaking, boy. <laughs> it's like I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: You <laughs> yeah. know what?
3: I, I I don't know what generation is what generation, but I can tell you this: we have the most. Um success literate generation of all time. Like right now, because of Forex and all this stuff, like the mindset that they're starting to learn, even if they never do anything with it, we never thought about this stuff. We never thought about buying European currency and selling it. Like their mind is already there. These are 15, 16 year olds. So in terms of, the literacy part of it we're living in a time that has never existed in terms of people who are 14 15 years old wanting to be millionaires by trading
2: true
3: never ever ever existed so right now yes so i i believe that we we're embarking we're embarking upon the first generation of of um very young millionaires Mm-hmm. That, that really love to, to um, eat. they like to be financially incentivized to help other people you, you think about the previous millionaire was you want to step on as many people mm-hmm. to, become, to become a millionaire this millionaire says if I help you and I get a percentage you know we're all going to the same place so it's just different mindset right now
1: community mindset yeah,
3: yeah. yeah it is true. really yeah. a community mindset yeah
2: Yeah, plus, Johnny, you were right. Like, right now, there's like, I'm surprised, 21 year old, 22 years old, they're like teens, like millionaires now. It's crazy. They're creating their own apps. They have their own business.
3: Bitcoin. It's just, everything is different, man. You got kids who can't even pay attention at school because of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Really? They're making more money than their teachers are. And they're like, I can't, there's nothing you can teach me. Exactly right, like uh what else <laughs> like- <All> Right. <laughs> it's like why am I here right now, and so the yeah I mean, these groups are becoming extremely strong and they're young, wow, so i I believe we're we're gonna turn the corner to some to some pretty awesome things, especially if we have the right uh the right government in place,
2: true. Oh, Johnny. Okay. Let's, let's talk about like, um, I know it's an hour and a half. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <you're> good? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Oh, what's that? Uh, talk about like, I know what, what have you been doing right now? Like, I know like, uh, you're, you're involved with a new MLM company, right? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you, if you don't mind, can you tell us about it?
3: I boomerang is okay. probably, probably the most exciting thing that I've ever been a part of. And even that's even like, I am more excited about I boomerang than my own book. Like it's, you know, I, I finally see a place in my life where I can help more people reach financial freedom in the fastest period of time that I've ever been possible to do. And and while educating and having fun and and still working with that 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 um that age group that really wants to learn about, you know, digital currency and digital, you know, um digital uh, global uh, moves that are happening. So, I'm following somebody for the first time in over 12 years, that has outdone me. Like, really? I, in the last 12 years, I've been following people that I've outproduced. And that's, oh, wow. that is a very lonely place to be. Cause I have nothing to look up
2: to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But now I, you're following, following uh, this I,
3: person. Yeah, I'm looking up. Um, if there was a Michael Jordan of the network marketing industry, like a Serena Williams or uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky, like mm-hmm. if, if, if you know, if if there was one of them for this industry, that would be Holton Bugs. Um, that's that's oh, who Holton my Bugs. yes,
2: I heard first. about yes,
3: so mm-hmm. it's different, you know. Ch- um, anybody's interested, go to johnnytravel.com, johnnytravel.com. I'll get your information in 24 hours and reach out to you, but um. Um, you know, where I'm, what I have my hands on right now is about the next three to five years. It's not even about what's happening right now. It's, it's what I'm building towards. It's going to be insane.
2: It's going to be insane. I believe in you, Johnny. I know that whatever you touch will always turn into gold, Mm -hmm. right? So guys, if you have, if you want to have a, a a millionaire mindset, just please go to johnnytravel.com and send a message. (laughs) Awesome. Why? And also check out his book on um, in Amazon, Building a Millionaire Mindset, right? So we will, mm-hmm. Johnny, we will put all the links, everything yeah, that you, you want know. us to. Yeah. Yes. Anything
3: at Wimbry, anything at Wimbry, you'll find me at Wimbry, my last name, Wimbry.com, at Wimbry on social media, social media, all of that's there. But um, I'm, I'm honored and grateful to be here. I greatly appreciate you. I my definitely God. want to come back. Oh uh, my have, God, that, you oh you my there. God.
2: Phil, yes, you're Maybe always you just, welcome uh,
3: here. Crazy, crazy, uh, quick segments for you guys in the future.
2: I know, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna have a blast. Oh Johnny, what about okay? Um, any last um, message to everyone? Like a general message to everyone, especially Let's, with this pandemic right now.
3: You know, um, when things go wrong, don't go with them. I mean, you think about everything that we've gone through in the last, you know, eighteen months, um, and some of us even more. Uh, when things go wrong, you just don't go with them. Um, you know, coronavirus was wrong. COVID-19 was wrong. Like you, but just because it's wrong, doesn't mean we get to go with it. Um, love people, um, be considerate, you know, be compassionate. Um, you know, when you see one group of of people, um, taking it really hard, I want to just go out of your way and be the person that's being seen to support those groups. Like right now with, you know, what's going on in the a- Asian communities and our brothers and sisters that are experiencing, you know, racism and and just discrimination because of stupidity and ignorance. Um I I've really, really have purpose in my heart in the last, I'd say last 48 hours. Um I, you know, I want to get I want to get behind a movement in a very big way. You know, Black Lives Matter to me was a bigger distraction than COVID nineteen was. I'm talking about from a business perspective. I had to stop my business. I had to, I had to like put everything on stop because it was so important. It was so important um, that making money didn't even matter anymore. So I put my whole life on on hold. You know, COVID nineteen. My business actually soared. We actually did very well during COVID nineteen. Um, but you know, I'm I'm really really looking for something to get involved with, and and I could probably tell you I'm I'm probably going to get highly involved. With, um, with a women's group, with a women's movement um, of you know, um, women you know, equality, and here's why. If I fight for women equality, that's fighting for everything. Mm-hmm. like If I just fight for one race or one person or one people, that's me doing what everybody does. I want to fight for something that has nothing to do with me. Because I believe that when you, we see more people fighting for a cause that has nothing to do with them, Then they start winning. Like, you know, the NAACP, uh, Martin Luther King, they had support, you know, from, you know, Jewish brothers and sisters. It takes support from other organizations. Um, It takes support from other people who have nothing to do with the organization to bring power. And when you see, you know, white 15 year old girls walking around with Black Lives Matter shirt on, her shirt is way more powerful. Than twenty five black people wearing a shirt that says Black Lives Matter. That's what we got to do. We got to get involved with other people's hurt, other people's pain, mm. and um, do it because when you do that, it shows, you know, the power of crossing over the line to compliment somebody else's pain.
1: Powerful yeah. words. Yeah. Very deep and. That's powerful. again a different mindset. You
3: know. Yes. yes. Thank you. Oh my
2: God. Thank God bless you guys. So man. It's been an honor and a so pleasure. Much. Thank you so much johnny what's up oh my god we will talk okay you're <laughs> always such, always wow wow you're, you're you're very inspirational very inspirational and i'm sure by starting tomorrow um because i know it's 11 o'clock here and in the philippines a lot a lot of people will watch this for sure and guys awesome. please watch this episode because you will learn a lot as yeah. much as go to my social so media much.
3: just hashtag you know uh tag me on I, I need a comment i'd love to know if you watch the show um, and you'll be seeing me again. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
2: Thank
1: My you so brother. much. Thank you. Go, Jikas. Yes, Close uh, our thank show. You. Thank you, Umarca Olgat, for eavesdropping in this conversation. Don't forget this sh- to share this amongst your friends and also to please like and follow us here in Over a Glass or Two in Facebook, in Twitter, and Instagram, and also to subscribe to our Over a Glass or Two YouTube channel. Mr. Johnny Wimbry, thank you for the story of your life and all the inspirational words. We love yeah, you. We love you. <laughs> okay, thank it's you. Cute. Final chair. Yeah.
3: Yes. I'm
1: yes. done. I'm done. Yes. Remember, amidst the pandemic, let's st- let's still find ways to be happy. Let's all talk about it. Over oh, a glass
2: a or two. Hey.
1: Bye, everyone. Thank you. you. Thank you, Thank you.